If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Change Physician Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukara with my Amazeballs co-host, Dr. Melissa Cady, and our returning guest, Dr. Corey Fawcett. Dr. Corey Fawcett is a, I guess you could call him retired, although it sounds like you're more busy in retirement now than you were when you were in practice. Um, trying to be. Back- <laughs> <laughs> he's back again to talk about one of his other books. He's got several books at Financial Success MD that you can look at. All of them are excellent. But we're going to talk a little bit about how to navigate a financial crisis, because if you have not experienced one, maybe you are earlier in your career, maybe you've just graduated and you're starting to figure out where to put your money away and we've just moved into this dip. Um, if you've never experienced one of these things, the first one can be a little bit weird. So Corey, nice to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for inviting me back. It's always fun to chat with you guys. Yeah. So give a little background on this book, like when you wrote it and why did you write it? And, uh, and we'll kind of go from there. So this book is, is different than all of the other books I had. It, everything else I've written um, my publisher and I kind of discussed and we have it like a chain. There's a whole series of these that are going to come out. Um, and we were just about to release my book on timeshares. Uh, and it was like two months or so after with the coronavirus shutdown happened. Mm-hmm. And so no one is traveling. And we realized this is a really stupid time to release a travel <laughs> book, right? You know, this is just not good timing. So we just put that on the back burner. It was pretty much done. And just said, we'll do that later. Um, but what do people need right now? And for the first time in my life, doctors were unemployed. <laughs> doctors had nothing to do. Um, there was some, my own office that I retired from got shut down. Uh, they basically, you know, work off of um, elective surgeries and those were all canceled everything was just shut down and they just saw a few emergencies as they covered the ER and that was happening all across the country. And I got to thinking, well, these guys need some help. What are the, what do you do when you suddenly lose your income? Mm -hmm. And so I did a little research to find a book that I could refer people to, you know, when this happens, if if they, because people contact me and say, what do I do? You know, I've got this problem and I could refer them to the book. I couldn't find a book that did this. All of the books on financial crisis were about what to do to prepare yourself, what to do ahead of time, how to get ready when the crisis is coming. You know, it's kind of like when a hurricane hits your house, uh, there was a lot of stuff you should have done last year Mm -hmm. to get ready for this. And if you had, things would have been better. But after the hurricanes pass through and you walk back to your house, now what? And there was no book like that. What, What do I do now that I'm in trouble? I... I've lost my job. I don't have an income. I've got house payments to make. I got a car payment to make. I I don't know what to do. And so I thought there's a need for that. Um, And I, and I came up with the idea uh, of this book, navigating a financial crisis. Uh, We hadn't talked about this before. I called my publisher. I said, what do you think about this idea? Uh, And if we do it, I'd like it in the stores in 30 days. (laughs) And, and we'd never even thought of it before. 
Uh, and she said, I think it's great. Uh, she had the bandwidth to do it at the moment. I had it. And so we took off and my wife and I worked from, she helps edit the books on the first draft. And, and we worked from sun up till it was too late to work anymore. Maybe even before sun up. Um, but all day long, basically for two straight weeks and finished the book and turned it in. Uh, and then it was just a matter of, you know, we had to get the polishing done and, and get all the editing and get it all, all fixed up and make it look right. And it went, went to, even went to some test readers, but about four or five weeks after the idea, it was available on Amazon. Wow. And so this was just a surprise out of the blue, let's do this. And lo and behold, there it was. Hmm. Now, if you're in trouble, here's a place to turn to how to get out of trouble. Yeah. So I'm curious, what what would you say, like, are the major um, sections to the book that people should know are part of that content? Um, well, the first part of the book, the opening part of this book is to not lose hope. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that happens to people when a crisis happens is you basically think the world is over. When your girlfriend breaks up with you, you think the world is over. When you lose your job, you think the world is over. You know, when your mom dies, you think the world is over. It, it's all of these things hit us really hard when they happen. And that's my opening chapter is, is don't lose hope. This is just one more bump in the road. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can get through this just like you've gotten through everything else. Okay. Uh, the sun will come up tomorrow. And you'll still be here and you're going to need to do stuff. So let's get on with it now. And so the first part is just to, to, to realize that, that there is hope. You're, you're not in this alone. Uh, you can do this. And then next, we just walk through some things that you need to keep in mind. Um, and then at the end is some tricks to help you get through it. Where, how do you get your money? You've got an emergency fund. How do you use it? Uh, and, and the final thing is how to recover. When this is over with, you got back on your feet. Um, you've learned some lessons now. Kevin, you mentioned, you know, when if you've never had this happen, the first time it happens, it's a doozy. Uh, but now it's happened. And you can look back and see, was your emergency fund good enough? Mm -hmm. Does the prediction that you made that you need this much emergency money, did that pan out? Or did you need more? Or was it too much? But now you can look back and say, okay, that happened to me. This is what I wish I had in place before this came and fix it this time around, because there's probably going to be another one of these someday. And when it happens, now you're going to go into it with some experience and you have repaired um, the mistaken notions you had the first time around. And hopefully the second disaster that hits your life um, you'll weather much better because of it. Yeah. You know, we talk about the change physician and change, and you talked about having hope and it's very obvious when a, when a change happens, it's not pleasant. You, you just have to go through it. Um, but you realize that you have to pivot, um, and that things can change just you're in the midst of it all. But I'm curious with the, the things that you might, without, without giving the whole book away, um, in this interview, what would you say, um, aside from recognizing the emergency funds that are important, what kind of thing in the midst of the crisis, if there was one of those things that you mentioned in the book, which one would you highlight for the listeners to consider during a financial crisis? The most important thing I think um, 
is to treat it like an emergency from the first day. Okay. As a trauma surgeon, uh, we're taught all about the golden hour. You got one hour to get this guy stabilized or they're going to die because they can't recover if they continue on. You've got to quickly get bleeding stopped. You've got to quickly get them resuscitated. You've got to, you've got to be quick. And so imagine if you were out on a farm and you're a farmer and you got injured on the farm and you sliced your forearm and artery blood is spurting out. Okay. That's the crisis just now just started. Uh, the difference between that guy and your financial crisis is you're hemorrhaging money in a financial crisis. Now you're hemorrhaging blood in a trauma. So what do you do? Well, first you put your finger on it and stop bleeding. The <laughs> very first thing you've got to do is stop the hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in an emergency uh, financial, the first thing you got to do is stop spending money. Money can't be going out. You have to conserve that because every spurt of that artery can't be recovered. It's gone. Mm -hmm. You, you, you're not going to be able to use it to save your life. So you do that. Then you call 911 and, and help is coming. And in the meantime, you do everything you can to stop the bleeding so that you, you can get through this uh, alive. And that's what you need to do in a financial crisis. From the day one, you must treat it like an emergency. People don't do that. Uh, there's a story in the book. I have a few people who told their stories of getting through an emergency of one physician who didn't treat it like an emergency. He basically said, oh, well, I've got this emergency fund. It will take care of me. And because he didn't do anything to help stop hemorrhage, conserve money uh, to get through this next step, he burned through what he thought was a six-month emergency fund in three months. Hmm. It was gone. Now he had nothing backing him up and he hasn't changed anything in his life, he's still spending as if he's got this huge income coming in. And now he's really in trouble because now he's in crisis with no backup emergency fund. Had he started on day one saying, we have to save money. We can't, we're going to have to cancel the vacation we have next month. We can't go on that vacation right now. We can't let money slip through our fingers because our our emergency fund needs to last as long as possible. And if you treat the emergency fund as basically a, a job income substitute, the money will be gone quickly and you're going to be in the same boat you were, but without an emergency fund. You have to treat the emergency fund very carefully. And you can't just make it as a substitute for your income. You have to stop hemorrhaging, just like in a trauma. And in the book, I call this the golden week. The first week after this emergency happens, you've got to make a bunch of hard decisions and make a bunch of hard changes. If you don't do that, you will have a tough time getting through your emergency. But if you do that, your emergency fund is going to last longer than you thought, and you will be in a way better position. And, and too many of us just think, well, I'll, I'll get this taken care of and, and that'll be fine. But here we're talking to physicians. If, if your emergency was that you just lost your job or you just lost your license, I mean, you just had a stroke and you can't work anymore. If that's the kind of emergency you just had, this is going to be a major emergency and you can't just go to work next week at a different job. Mm -hmm. it's, it takes months 
for a doctor to change jobs, especially if you change states and you need another state license and, and, and all of the steps we have to go through as physicians, we have a big time delay if that was our emergency, if it had to do with our job. Um, we're not going to turn around quick. It will take a while to get that fixed, especially if the problem was a loss of a license, because that carries over to other states too. They want to know why that happened. And, and that slows them down and giving you a license. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of problems with that. So I think the most important point from the whole book is that if you find yourself in a financial emergency, treat it like an emergency and immediately start acting and making the changes. And some of them are going to be hard to make but just do it anyway and you'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. You made me think about not just pandemic, but you know, medical issues. And if you are waiting on maybe a long-term disability policy to kick in, like there's that window of time um, that you'd have to make sure you have those funds to, to help you out. And of course, disability policy may not pay up to what you're really been making too. So all of those, uh, that fund, you just that's the whole thing you, you don't you can't predict the future and that's what it comes you down can't to. predict what's going to happen so you got to be ultra careful every dollar that you have becomes super important and you only give it up if it's really necessary to give it up this is not the time to be going out to eat this is not the time to be having steak this is rice and beans moment you know this is uh, you, that cme that you had scheduled to go to next month cancel it um, you know, work on what's happened. I've seen so many of my colleagues that had some immediate event change their life. Um, whether it was they lost their job or they had a stroke uh, or some automobile accident that put them out for months. Um, there are things that happen to us and they happen quickly mm-hmm. and you need to respond right away. Um or, it, or you'll make it tougher on yourself. Uh, that one doctor who, who he, I, think, I think he was anonymous in the book, uh, told his story uh, about not cutting back and just living off of his savings till his savings were gone. And then it, he hadn't solved it. Uh, he really wishes he had taken action uh, early on. And, but we all think it's, oh, you know, it'll work out. But yeah, it will, but you got to make it to the other end. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, you, you have to be intentional for sure. I'm kind of curious then, um, because as always, we have these discussions, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that, I didn't think about that. Do you kind of categorize like so? I'm I'm kind of taking this from the trauma perspective as as well. And you're doing like the initial assessment. So in a fi- financial crisis and initial assessment, there seems like there would be different categories of financial crises in the first step, like the first step pause and that you're going to get through it. But the second step is then to kind of categorize, well, how bad is it? Is there like an assessment chapter that you have on what's yeah, going on? It's that second chapter is actually that one. The first one is there is hope. Um, but the second thing to keep in mind is to stop now and take note of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Exactly how bad, printing kind of bad. It's just just a bump. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know if you are the major breadwinner and you bring in eighty percent of the money and your spouse brings in twenty percent, your spouse loses their job. That's not much of a crisis. Your income dropped twenty uh, percent. 
okay that's a different kind of crisis you're going to make a few changes but things are going to sell through because you have an income coming in but if it was the person who had the 80 percent of the income of the family that's job that changes to a different level and uh, you do need to act accordingly you know there's a big difference between you fell down and hurt your arm and you fell down and blood is spurting out all over the place uh, those have different uh, reactions. You hurt your arm. I'm going to, you know, hold it inside my shirt and I'll get back to the, I'll drive myself to the doctor versus calling for a helicopter to come get you. Uh, you do need to make that assessment because they, they certainly come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, some are, some are crises that you only perceive it as a crisis because mm -hmm. you think this is a terrible thing. Um, but the reality is it's not that big a deal. And a lot of times I, I deal with people like that when, when they tell me how horrible it is. I said, well, wait a minute. Um, are you not having enough money to eat? <laughs> Do you have food over your or shelter over you? you? You've got a car, you've got a cell phone. I mean, you're, it's not that bad, you know? <laughs> so sometimes we blow it out of proportion. And so you kind of get an accurate assessment. Just how bad is this one? You know, when the hurricane comes through and, and wipes out an area, you don't know the status of your particular house till you get back and see it. You might be okay and your neighbor's house is gone or you might just have a little bit of damage, but you do need to go through the assessment. And I've got a chapter on that in there too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I got to ask about this one too, because I'm looking at your table of contents and um, this one's very intriguing to me. And the chapter is urgent procrastination. So yeah. <laughs> what is urgent procrastination in the nature of a financial, of navigating a financial crisis? Yeah, I, I, uh, I loved that title, urgent procrastination, because it does just what you said. What the heck is that? You know, makes people want to read that chapter. Um, and it, it's an oxymoron. It seems like those two things can't, can't go together. Um, but what I'm seeing there is there are things that we have in our life uh, that we've planned that we could put off. Okay. Uh, I mentioned like, oh, I've got this CME coming up or I've got this vacation coming up. Um, there was some stuff I was going to fix up around the house. Uh, so what urgent means in that first week, you pick out things that you can put off. Mm -hmm. I've got these things set up and I should take care of them this time, but you need to procrastinate on anything that costs you money. So you're urgently picking out things that will bleed some money out of your accounts uh, that you could avoid for a while. Now, if you're fixing up something, you know, you need, you need a new fence at your house because the fence fell down. Well, you know, you can postpone that a little bit longer and put some band-aids on it and, and, and make it work. That would be urgent procrastination. Quickly make those decisions of which things and get them canceled, get, get them pushed out, so that you don't spend the money on those things uh, now. And sometimes the quicker you do that, the better financially the decision was. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you have a cruise coming up that you have booked, um, it, at a certain date, you can get 100% of your money back. But after that date, then you can get 80%. You wait a little longer, then you get 60%. So there's an example, if you don't act now, if you wait, well, maybe this will be better in a couple of weeks or three weeks and you pass that other date, you just cost 20% of the cost of that cruise by not acting right away. And so 
during that golden week, um, pick things that you can procrastinate on that will cost you money and, and uh, get them done quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of this is uh, uh, common sense, I think in a lot of ways, but uh, as we all know, we need to be reminded that common sense is not always common practice. <laughs> so yeah. So. And common sense when you're all calm and thinking about this disaster is way different than what you're thinking about in the midst of it. Exactly. Sometimes you forget common sense when you're in the middle of something bad going on. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and that's that's why I like the analogy of like treating this as a trauma situation because because every physician has either either been involved with a trauma or at least in a middle in a resuscitation. And if you sort of view this crisis in the same way. I just, I think that's just a brilliant analogy because then you're sort of reflecting on something that we should all be experienced with. And what's, what do you do when you're in a, in a crisis situation in medicine? Well, you don't throw your hands up around and, and scream and yell and, and, and freak out and, and act stupid. Although some people might do that, but that is generally not what you're supposed to do. And most of us have learned that probably by sometime in residency. And, um, you know, the other part is to stay cool, cool and collected and just immediately assess the situation and think what you need to do. And it's so easy to not take these lessons that we've learned and have been ingrained in us in medicine and then not to apply them to other domains of our lives just because they they don't seem, you know, oh my God, it's a financial crisis, it's not medicine. Well, it, it's very similar. And, I, and so I love that analogy. And uh, I, I like these steps so far because it's just got my brain kind of ringing about, well, what else is medicine and related to this? And how else do you right. kind of apply this stuff? And there's a few of those in, in the book. One, one of the things you, you mentioned that uh, when I was in uh, training, I had one doctor who always used to say, the moment that you walk into that trauma bay with the trauma patient there, your first decision is, Hurt bad, not hurt bad. That's the first decision point. Hurt bad, not hurt. And you know the answer to that in five seconds. Mm -hmm. You can walk into that room and in five seconds, you know if this is hurt bad or not hurt bad. And you go into those modes. If they're not hurt bad, you have some time to do some things. If they're real bad, uh, you know, and, and you can think, you know, if I just had a stroke, um, I've got a double whammy here. Not only have I just lost my job, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to have huge health bills yep. uh, and, and I may have some recovery bills. I mean, that's a, that's a hurt bad uh, mm -hmm. financial crisis. Yeah. Um, and so you, you can make that assessment usually. Now, if you're standing outside looking in, it's really easy to, to make that. When you're the one in the middle of the crisis, it's way harder to get that hurt bad, not hurt bad. Cause if I'm the trauma patient laying on the bay, I don't care what you think I'm hurt bad. <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like the whole thing, you know, a minor surgery is surgery you're doing on someone else. <laughs> if you're doing it to me, that's a major surgery. So, so sometimes we get very tainted and that's why I started with there's hope mm -hmm. because usually when you're, you're the one who's in the middle of it, you may blow it out of proportion as to what's really going on here. And you're really not as bad off as it seems. Little, little stuck. Uh, 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 if you step back and look at the options, but that's not how we feel about it. 
You there, Corey? Did we get back? Yeah, yeah. There you are. <laughs> I'm here. Did yeah. Get back? We we yeah. had you in a very slow, like a uh, uh, talking mode, but uh, I think we still got the gist of what you're saying. But it sounds like this is pretty much financial triage, is what we're doing here. The first part, yeah. Anyway, the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awareness. In the beginning, because yeah. once you triage it and figure out what where you're at, then you can start looking at. You know, there's a chapter in there assess your assets. You know, figure out exactly what you got to work with. Mm-hmm. How much is your emergency fund? There's a there's a really cool story I, I, I told in there called the parachute. And there's so many people who treat their emergency fund like a savings account. You know, oh, there's this really cool car on sale right now. And if I get it right now, if I use my emergency fund, I don't need a loan. I can, you know, but you know, buying a new car is not an emergency. That's not what your emergency fund was for. But so many people just dip into their emergency fund. And so it's like this pilot who had this parachute and he was having some tough economic times. And so he had a rip in his pants and, and he realized that the, his pants were made out of the same stuff as his parachute. And so he could just take a little piece of his parachute and repair his pants for free. And that little piece, that's not going not gonna to hurt his, his parachute. And, and then pretty soon, you know, his kid's got something torn in their pants. And then he needs another piece for this and another piece for that. And he uses another piece for that. And each time he says, yeah, that, that little bit, that ain't going to make any difference. Then one day he's flying his airplane and he has an engine go out. And he's up in the mountains and he's going to have to bail. And he jumps out of the plane, he pulls his ribcord and nothing happens. And he looks up and his parachute looks like Swiss cheese. It's all gone. Because he kept raiding it a little bit at a time. And when he really needed it, it wasn't there. And we can't treat our emergency fund like that. If you have an emergency fund, if you've labeled an emergency fund, then use it the way you said it was for. Same with your retirement plan. People raise their retirement plan all the time. Oh, I could just get some money out of a retirement plan and buy that new car or go on that trip. Um, But then when you get to retirement, you don't have the money. Mm-hmm. and you put there's a reason it's called a retirement plan it's for your retirement so if you're not taking the money out for your retirement you shouldn't be touching it and the same thing with your emergency fund if, if you've been pilfering your emergency fund we we just talked about some of these crises come on suddenly you got no warning and you're in crisis um and if that happens to you and you've been pilfering your emergency fund you don't even have your backup plan ready and that's you don't want to be that guy with the parachute that's full of holes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Any, uh, any other questions, Kevin? I, I want him to share like where people can find the book and everything. Yeah, no, that, well, as always, there's so much more and there's at least two other chapters. I'm like, Oh, we should talk about that, but <laughs> we can save that for another time. Oh uh, yeah. There's a whole, whole bunch of stuff. Like, you know, what order do you tap money from or uh, how do you handle your debt? What about bank? bankruptcy people think bankruptcy will get them out of a lot of problems but you know there's a lot of things that are exempt from bankruptcy and so those problems won't go away even if you have a bankruptcy yeah but the thing there's two things we didn't talk about that i think people just need to keep in mind one is uh your marriage this is very hard on a marriage when you go through a bad economic crisis you got to keep that in mind so that you continue to work on a marriage while you're in a crisis and don't get on each other's uh, case for things because you're both on. The other one is for physicians, a lot of times your crisis messes with your identity. Mm-hmm. 
if your crisis was, let's say somebody took away your privileges, um, your identity is all wrapped around those privileges. What you do for a living is who you are uh, for many people. And you've got to get the crisis and your, identif and, and your identity uh, separated. Um, because uh, if you lose your identity, you feel like you'll lose hope. Mm -hmm. And don't let that happen, because uh, you're still you, you still have a lot more. There's a, if, if you're a physician and you lost your ability to practice, there's still a lot more to you than being a physician, even though you've wrapped your life up into everything points to you're a physician and that's, you know, that's your whole life, that's your identity. Um, that's not really true. That's just something you've made happen. And don't, don't lose heart because you felt like your whole identity is gone in a crisis. Um, those are good words. Yeah. Uh, and we, it, those are part of those were two of those chapters are the ones I wanted to kind of touch on. So <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. So Corey, why don't you tell us where people can find you and, um, how to get in contact with you. Hopefully you they're know, not in a crisis right now. <laughs> you just can't get through everything in a short little podcast like this, you know. Um, uh, you can get everything you need about me can be found at financialsuccessmd.com. If you need to contact me, if you're having a crisis, you need some help, uh, get a hold of me. But even if you don't have a crisis, you should read the book because <laughs> the whole idea is that if the better you're ready when the crisis happens, um, the easier it is to get out of it. Uh, if you've done nothing to, to take care of that, then, then you'll have a tough time with the crisis. So even if you haven't been in a crisis yet, you're going to have one at some time. And I think if you've read this book and you have these things in the back of your mind, when the crisis happens, you're going to be way ahead. Uh, and, and, and just to be thinking about that, treating it like an emergency from the beginning will change the crisis completely for you. Uh, so even if you're not in a crisis, you got to read this. And, and if you know somebody who is in a crisis, buy the book and give it to them. Mm -hmm. uh, it might help them get through what they're dealing with. Absolutely. And I agree. It's good to be aware of the things that are important during that crisis so that you can take the steps towards it because uh, many times you need time to accrue the adequate <laughs> emergency fund or, or whatever it else is that you need. You have a deficit in that you need to take care of so that you're prepared for that situation. So thanks. Thank you for writing the book and thank you for sharing it on our podcast. And I know that people can benefit greatly, especially in uncertain times. Uh, we never know what's around the corner. So um I think it's uh, incredibly important, but thank you for being our guest again. I know we're going to bring you back. So um, for those, those of you listening out there, I'm Melissa Katie, the challenge doctor with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro with our awesome guest, Dr. Corey Fawcett. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode and take care. Stay well, thank folks. you for joining us today on the change physician podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.